You're listening to the Thinker's What Works podcast. I'm your host, Jason Todd, with my co-host, Alex Gary, and today, Carrie Zethmeyer from the newly formed company, Zethmeyer. Carrie, always a pleasure to see you. Welcome to the Thinker Work What Works podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on my very first podcast. First yeah. ever? Wow. Yeah. Really? All the other... Well, I'm very excited. I, I guess our first question would be, how'd you come up with that name? Jason. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every name that I could consider was absolutely awful <laughs> and cliche and atrocious. So It does lead to a very cool-looking logo. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. such a memorable name. I mean, if you're going to build mm-hmm. something on a name, build it on something like Zethmeyer, I think. Yeah, it's true. Not like Smith, right? Yeah, I have a new pride in my name now. <laughs> it's iconic. It feels good. Right? I mean, there's yeah. not many names that begin with a Z, mm-hmm. and then it just rolls off the tongue. It's like Zethmeyer. It's It's... It's a really, I mean, it's a beautiful name and it's iconic and it plays well. It has great, great logo type behind it, which is all important, right? Because people judge you on that first, but then they get to meet you and you're iconic uh, as well. So tell us what, what's the Zethmeyer thing all about? Zethmeyer is about um, working with companies to fill, uh, to fulfill their full potential. Um, helping them grow, um, helping them achieve their their dreams of next stage growth uh, by providing um, uh, strategy support uh, for business development. So when companies are um, trying to think through where their next growth stage is going to come from, either selling a new product to their market, selling to a new geographic market, um, such as expanding internationally or selling to a new industry, uh, providing them with the market intelligence and strategy support they need to execute on that. Well, so let's take mm-hmm. a step back because what in your past, mm-hmm. you know, helped you develop the skills to, you know, form a company like this? So what did you do, you know, to learn the things that you need to teach others? Uh, well, I've spent uh, 10 years working with companies on thinking through incredibly important business development decisions uh, in economic development. So I spent seven years working for the Rockford Area Economic Development Council um, and uh, just over two years working with um, the state of Illinois Department of Commerce. And all the companies that we're working with are making once-in-a-career decisions of where they're going to locate their business. Um, they're you know, multi-million to billion-dollar investments that these companies are making, and they need to make incredibly thoughtful, strategic decisions on where they're going to locate their business. Um, so every CEO and executive I've dealt with has been faced with this major um, decision um, that could have a huge impact on not only the future of their career, but the future of the company. These are long-term decisions, um, and so they have to be very thoughtful and intentional. And so um, working with those executives on thinking, um, on, on providing them with a process for decision making and making sure that they're being exhaustive with all market intelligence and tools that they have to be successful long term. Uh, so it's, um, and then in addition to that, we were also working on marketing the Rockford region mm-hmm. and the state of Illinois. And so also from a business development um, standpoint, thinking through what is the unique niche that we have to offer in this region um, that sets us apart and differentiates us, and how do we communicate that message effectively to our targeted audiences? I know we can't be everything to everyone, um, but we can be focused and we can talk to the right people and have an impact. And so um, 
going through that process of developing that strategy, reevaluating that strategy, and then executing on that um, was, um, you know, something that I spent a lot of time doing and I, I loved doing and found success doing. And that's really what I would say is the, the core value that I, that I learned to bring to the table was uh, that thinking through that intentional business development strategy, both for our region, for the state, but also for companies that were making those decisions. And so why is the time right at, at this moment mm -hmm. to launch Seth Meyer? Uh, well, right now, um, you know, economically, I think there's a lot of pent up demand for companies to expand. Um, companies, you know, throughout the recession, um, you know, wanted to expand, wanted to grow, um, but maybe held back on a lot of those investments. Uh, recently, they have been making, choosing to make those capital investments more and more. Um, I do think now, um, you know, so we've, we've seen an increase in, in those large-scale investments, those large-scale business development strategies. And I think now in 2018, we're going to continue to see that grow. We're going to continue to see companies that are saying now is the right time to capitalize on market expansion opportunities. And what type of companies are you choosing to work with? I am targeting um, mostly um, 5 to $25 million in revenue, private business-to-business -business manufacturers. Um, that's, um, those are the, that's the size of company that I, I can really bring assistance to. Um, you know, some of the larger companies that, you know, you see on the headlines that are making large-scale decisions, you know, they have, you know, in-house support, and they, they've, they've made these decisions before. They know how to make these decisions. Um, and, um, you know, I don't have a whole lot of, um, you know, fit with them. But these small to mid-sized manufacturers, um, you know, especially the privately owned ones, they uh, really benefit from bringing in outside um, support in helping think through how to approach, uh, for example, a site selection decision. Um, again, it's not a decision that they make often. It's a decision they may make once in a career, and it's a very overwhelming decision. There's lots of uh, things that people see in the media um, influencing, you know, approaches to site selection and having, um, you know, outside, outside support to help with that is uh, incredibly valuable. What are some of the mistakes or mm -hmm. things that these kind of companies overlook just because they don't mm -hmm. know exactly where to go? When it comes, you know, I'm speaking to site selection, uh, a lot of small and mid-sized private companies, um, you know, are influenced, um, you know, first of all, they don't know where to start. There's a lot of people that want to help them, um, and there's a lot of places they could go, but you know, pretty much everybody has some sort of agenda to, to guide their decision-making that they want to impose on that company. So who do they call? Um, and then how do they balance the information that they're receiving? Um, you know, when you look at the media and see what people are exposed to in site selection, you see a lot of talk about incentives. You see a lot of talk about, you know, political wins and tax rates. And how do you balance the influence of those different things on your, um, on your decisions? so that you optimize your long-term operating costs. Um, and sometimes, depending on the individual and what they're exposed to, they're heavily weighted towards one of those areas without seeing the whole picture. You're <laughs> such an expert. It's like hard to, it's hard to go in there and go, well, wait a minute, talk about that some more because you've kind of covered it. But one of the things is you're fluent in uh, Mandarin. Oh, I'm sorry. We'll cut that. You I, no, are. Yeah, because we, we talked about this. You, you're multilingual right. to some degree. 
Doesn't mm-hmm, that help? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Because uh, part of the thing uh, you're uh, talking uh, about is also you want to help companies expand markets. Exactly. Because that was part of your gig mm-hmm. at, at the RAEDC, right? Was mm-hmm. it was actually get over there and trade missions and things like that. Mm-hmm. So we're talking a lot about site selection, but you have other skills that you also can t- can um, venture into. So how does that help? Sure. So I got into economic development, kind of going back mm-hmm. uh, because of my passion for international languages and culture and international business. That's really the foundation of, you know, I think that's, that's, that's had the biggest impact on my career, you know, and continues to have an impact on my career is my passion for that. Um, is that something you explored in college or just when you got out? In college, mm-hmm. um, I, in high school, even going back that far, I was always um, passionate about languages. That was always my favorite. I studied French and Italian in high school and it was for me. It was my always my favorite class. It was just swimming with the current. It was something that I could just absorb and enjoy and um, just be swept away with. And so um, when I got to college, I just I decided to continue to swim with that current, and uh, but you know try some harder languages. Um, so in college, I did I studied Chinese and Japanese. Um, I majored in modern languages with a minor in um, Asian studies. I spent a year in China studying uh, Chinese language. And that was really the focus of my undergraduate studies was Chinese language. I didn't I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. I just knew it was a passion. It was fulfilling. Um, I was good at it. And it was very enriching. Um, and so it wasn't until my senior year in college that I learned about economic development through uh, an internship, actually, with the Rockford Area Economic Development Council. And um, I'm just so, it was just so fortuitous, you know, serendipitous, all of the above, um, because I just, you know, it just felt like it was meant to be when I was, when I was there. And I just absorbed everything I possibly could, learning from my boss, Eric Voyles, and the president, Janice Fadden, um, just, you know, the greatest leaders. I couldn't, you know, have had a better experience working for them. Um, not, and then, you know, I, I, they, within nine months of working at the Rockford Area EDC, I started as an intern in February. And that September of that year, I was going on trade missions to China with the mayor and uh, my boss, Eric, like within nine months. I was, you know, and so the, um, the opportunities they gave me and the responsibility they gave me was incredible. And um, I just had such a blast. And so then I started, you know, putting all these pieces together of, you know, matching my international passion with, you know, business development. And I'd always been passionate about economics and how businesses make decisions. And I'd always been good at that as well. So I put all these pieces together and all of a sudden this perfect career just kind of fell before me. But I would say, so I spent a lot of long time working for the Rockford Area EDC, focusing on foreign direct investment from China and Western Europe and targeted industries. They continue to throw, you know, um, opportunities my way with export development, the International Trade Center, the Foreign Trade Zone. You know, they would just say, hey, Carrie, you know, this this looks interesting. I bet you'd be good at it. Just do it. And I said, okay, <laughs> and then I'll you do it. Make it up. Yeah. yeah, and it was and it was great. It was it was and so they, they just they you know I can't speak you know highly enough for them as you know managers or as much, as much appreciation because of those opportunities they gave me. Um, but now it continues. I would say international continues to drive me because I'm really passionate about just people and like those in, and individuals and their differences and their diversity and the value they bring. And um, 
I think, you know, going through having that international exposure in the beginning kind of helps you develop, you know, just uh, an interest in, in, in individuals and what they bring to the table and their differences and why that's unique and fun. And so, um, I, you know, I still try to carry that spirit with me no matter, you know, who I'm working with. And also it's helped like sometimes with domestic, uh, businesses, I think sometimes we don't give enough, you know, um, give enough credit for the difference in cultures within the United States um, and how people think differently in different parts of the country. And it's much easier to judge people from other parts of the United States as being, you know, backwards or different or stupid, you know, um, whereas somebody from another culture, we excuse them because, oh, they're from a different culture. They're, right. you know, so it's excusable that, you know, they're not backwards. They're just, from, you know, and we don't give enough weight to the fact that somebody comes from that comes from somewhere else in the United States, you know, they, they have such a different perspective and that's okay. And it's interesting to learn. So this, this passion obviously is moving you forward then in your future endeavors with Seth Meyer. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you see this playing out? All of this, all of this uh, kind of track record, the history that you built up, the experiences you built up with international uh, business, and then having this, uh, this multilingual capability and this passion that drives it all together. Where's this headed with, with your new endeavor? So, um, I will be helping companies expand internationally. Um, and that means a lot of different things. Um, companies that want to sell to a different geographic market, you know, there's a lot of, you know, intimidation factor with that and figuring out what the right decision is, uh, where's the right area to target, you know, it's, it's, it's an immense decision. So helping through market intelligence and market research to target the right customers and the right, right markets. Um, another thing is helping foreign companies um, establish operations in the United States, particularly small businesses, small and medium-sized businesses. So, we're you know we're not talking about Foxconn. We're talking about you know those, um, you know small you know same size small mid-sized manufacturers from across the world that want a foothold in the U.S. market um, through a sales office, through warehouse and distribution. Um, eventually, you know potentially through mergers, acquisitions, or, or a wholly owned operation. Um, it's incredibly, I have a special place in my heart for those companies. Um, they're my favorite ones to help because you're helping an individual. Again, it's, it's not a company, it's an individual that, you know, wants to bring a company to the United States and they need, um, you know, holistic support. They, um, um, you know, finding the right area, the right, you know, the right state, the right region, the right bank, the right accountant, the right attorney getting their kids enrolled in school, getting, you know, their own personal banks accounts. Where do I live? Where do, you know, you know, they're, they're moving their life over. And, um, and it's just uh, so much fun to see them um, not only be successful in their company, but be successful as a, you know, part you know, participant in the U S economy. And um, so I, I, I'll, you know, want to take that same level of care and attention um, to, to foreign companies as they want to come into the U.S. market. What is the learning curve to, for a company trying to come here or for a company going over there? I mean, we've had offices here that kind of helped with that, mm -hmm. but then they've, they've dried up and gone away. I mean, what are the, the hardest parts of trying to uh, establish yourself in a different, in a different country? Um, you know, there's a lot of um, things that, you know, you know, variables in that, but I would say overall it's having the right mindset. So approaching that process from a mindset of, I know I'm going to have, 
you know, cult, you know, I'm, I know I'm going to run into cultural um, barriers. I know I'm going to run into, you know, you know, barriers with understanding, you know, the legal structure, all these different, you know, variables. And if you know your limitations and you're open to input and you focus on the right things and getting the right partners to help you, then that having that mindset is um, what really will set someone up for success. Um, but so, the, you know, I would say the biggest barrier is, you know, it just if, if people approach it from the wrong mindset of, um, you know, for example, oh, I'm going to Canada. So that's just like the United States anyway, you know, like, <laughs> right. you know, underestimating the differences yeah. um, creates a huge barrier. Um, you know, arrogance is always a barrier. Um, you know, reliance on the wrong partners, not doing your due diligence. Um, those are barriers that people run into. But those are all controllable if you have the right person with the right mindset. Are there particular countries that you're that you're uh, particularly interested in or uh, is this kind of open to anybody? Um, well, my background is largely in working with China and Western Europe. And um, I think there are certain trends in where foreign direct investment is coming to the United States. And um, so there's my skill sets, and then there's the trends of where the opportunity is. And so um, personally, I see a lot of opportunity that's well fit with my skill sets coming from Western Europe, um, more advanced economies that um, you know have you know um, that have that have different barriers, um, economic barriers to prevent growth within that domestic country. So, for example, if you look at um, you know, so, you know, companies that you know participate in the eurozone, they have the the euro has a very high um, you know um, you know currency value. So they might want to come to the United States because you know there could be a lower operating cost if they come to the United States, depending on the value of their currency. Um, you know, certain countries you know in the Mediterranean have very restrictive labor uh, regulations, and so companies there don't necessarily want to grow in those markets because of the constrictive labor environment. And so they want to go to areas where they can grow and have more flexibility. Um, or countries like Japan that have a very aging workforce um, and a very uh, are geographically constrained, um, not only because of the size of the country, but also because of potential environmental risks that they've seen. Um, they want to diversify where their physical, you know, manufacturing operations are. So there are certain countries that, you know, have, you know, environmental or, you know, macroeconomic barriers that are make companies in those countries want to diversify. Um, so that's that's where I see a lot of the opportunity and um, that's where I have more experience and look forward to participating. So you're very, you're very solid professionally. Um, for, for our listeners, uh, you're, I, I think you're a pretty fascinating person. What do you do for fun? What's, who, who's Carrie when she's not uh, talking about foreign direct investment? Um, well, I like to... Uh, um, you know, I like to develop hobbies. I have passions. I think I'm a very practical, very practical person. So yeah. I like to do things that have, you know, I'd like to do things that will have a practical impact as well as a impact, fun impact. Yeah. And so... Um, You're not out building flower hats and stuff, things like that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. So... Um, <laughs> hats are practical yeah. and flowers are beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I would, yeah. I would say like... I, you know, my some of my personal passions are, you know, and I don't know if this is, you know, are in, um, 
like conservation efforts. And so I've been spending a lot of time getting involved in like the Natural Land Institute here in Rockford, hmm. um, which is a land trust um, that, you know, works on preserving natural land in northern Illinois. Um, so I'm, you know, attending like workshops where I'm learning how to identify trees in winter and, you know, looking at sticks and figuring out what tree it came from. Yeah. Um, I like, you know, to develop the new skills like that. Um, I like to travel a lot, and um, I think, you know, it goes with my international passion. Because well, like, you can actually understand what people are saying. In, in many countries, although <laughs> so. it is it is an interesting experience. It's a cool experience when you go somewhere where you have no idea what the language <laughs> is, and you can't even begin. It's really, it's just a fascinating, you know, it's a fascinating psychological you know, thing to experience when yeah. you're there and you just, you just can't, you can't even begin to try. So your, your hobbies are focused around, uh, kind of furthering, further education, but in, in, uh, in ways that are either fascinating to you or are providing some sort of value to the world. Yeah, it is. And so I, you know, and, and I like, I also like to, um, we, I live on a farmette with my fiance. Um, and we have, um, actually we should say husband, because of the timing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're getting married within the month. Oh, cool. Go ahead. You can say farmette with my husband. Go right. Ahead. So I live on a farmette with my husband. We have about five acres, and we're converting a barn into a house. And this is not what I do for fun. This is what I do. <laughs> pure necessity. That would be fun. I would right? like to turn a barn into yeah. a house. Well, I'll, I'll sell <laughs> you one. It's okay. fun until you do it. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of work, but I like to think through, like you know, like getting, you know, like how can I, how can I increase efficiencies? Like you know, how can I set up <laughs> systems on my little farm mm. that will increase efficiencies? Like yeah, I don't know. I like to set up little systems <laughs> so I, the reason the reason i ask is not just so our, so our listeners can get to know you but i think a person's personality kind of builds into who they become professionally because i mm-hmm. think a lot of people find themselves in positions and it's just not a right fit it's just not a good mm-hmm. thing for them because they're constantly fighting against who they are as individuals and yet when a person's uh a person's profession aligns with who they are from a from a personal background i think amazing things can happen and so if you're thinking about if you're thinking about processes on your farmette, uh, then your your mind is naturally in, uh, inclined mm-hmm. then to think about processes and efficiencies and 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 differences that can be made in you know in 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 your profession and the companies that you work with. It's so I I, I find it fascinating uh, to learn about people's you know background and their and the and the personal things they do. Apart from you know it's just kind of fun to know about people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what you said you're a traveler. What's the what's the uh, What's your most favorite place that you've been to? Um, when I think about my favorite, just fun travel experiences, um, I think about Italy and Hungary. Mm. Um, and I can't decide between the two. And it's, you know, partially just because of the personal. It's, you know, not some, you know, the locations are beautiful. I think Hungary, I think it's the first person I've ever heard say Hungary. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Hungarian and I haven't been to Hungary. Mm-hmm. So Budapest? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, what, I have. What is it? What was the draw? Uh, friends, I have okay. Hungarian friends. Awesome. Um, that I studied with in China, so we went to school together in China, and just some of my best friends were Hungarian, and they were just incredibly unique, fun individuals. And I've gone to Hungary, I think three times to to visit them. I went to my friend's wedding, and it was the most beautiful wedding I've ever been to. <laughs> it was so much fun. 
And um, just going there and visiting them is, is just incredibly... It, the way they, you know, the way her, she and her family live and their culture is so just inspiring. I'm, I'm, I leave inspired when I go and visit. Wow. That's awesome. See, even that, that type of experience then builds into why you would work with organizations to help them uh, either come to the States or, or expand internationally because of your uh, kind of curiosity, that natural curiosity that you have for, uh, for other cultures. It's, it's something that isn't, isn't, isn't manufactured just for your job. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Zeth Meyer, how do we how do we uh, re- recap for us here uh, the types of businesses you're looking for? Who should contact you, and how do they get a hold of you? Uh, five to twenty-five million dollar business to business companies, primarily manufacturers, in um, you know largely I'm focusing on Northern Illinois while also focusing internationally so you know that kind of northern illinois to to international connection um building that bridge um and they can reach me on my website www.zethmeyer that's z e t h m a y r.com that's awesome i'm sure i misspelled it when i was at the paper a couple of times i probably threw the e on the end the cool thing yeah. is is google google will uh spell correct you into zethmeyer that's great <laughs> you can't you almost can't misspell this particular spelling it's awesome yeah. <laughs> well I'm, I'm excited to see where you go always excited to have you here and uh to talk with you carrie it's been a pleasure having you on the thinkers what works podcast thank you thank you so much